tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. Guitar Lesson 37 is a slightly different format to usual. We've written a guest post for Musical U, a company who are committed to music education and developing musicality in people. They do this through a dedicated team maintaining a subscription-based website, a wide-ranging set of articles, and a fantastic podcast. We're honoured to be part of Musical U's growing set of resources. Our article, called From Podcast to Performance, offers advice for how to use podcasts and other media to develop your playing, includes a description of Tune In Tone Up, and ends with a section on how to take your playing from practicing on your own to performing with others. This podcast episode is a companion to this and features some of Dan's advice on how to achieve it. Right, Dan, I've got an idea for today. Uh, it will link in with something we're writing at the moment for Musical You. It's a blog post that we're writing about podcasts and how mm-hmm. to use podcasts to help in musical learning. So in this article, we're going to be looking at how you can take your learning from podcasts and YouTube from the bedroom or the woodsheds to performance. And I wonder if I could pick your brains on that. Give it a go. Yeah. I mean, when I was learning sort of in the early stages, when I was a kid, podcasts didn't exist. Yeah. The internet, no one had it back in the early 80s. These were things that didn't exist. However, now that they do, there's no shortage of of learning opportunities. But even so, it is very easy to become a guitarist sort of stuck within the four walls and not venture outside, you know. If that works for you, if that's what you want out of guitar and you just wanted to be a good player and do it for your own ends, well, that's that's fine. The guitar has got something for everybody. But I think most people, if they're brutally honest with themselves, especially as we look to our rock and roll guitar heroes and so forth to provide us with inspiration, they went out and they did it live. And that's where a lot of us want to be. And for people like myself, it's actually the home that we're happiest in. Although Steve Vai was talking about a very different thing, he was actually talking about his guitars. There's a kind of a parallel there. He said, he said, I spend a lot of time on the road. And he said, I sleep in a lot of very, very good beds. Yeah. But he said, no bed do I get a better amount of sleep in than my own. And it is that thing, you know, when music fits you like that, even though it can cause you some grief to play live and so forth, yeah. It feels like a part of you that's unfulfilled when you don't get to do that, or you don't get to do that often enough. Yes. But there are many people out there who would, I'm sure, like to take it from the bedroom onto the stage and don't know how to do that. Yeah, aren't really sure about the steps between there and... You know, I've performed a couple... I mean, if we're talking from my perspective, I've performed a couple of times just on my own with acoustic at Mm -hmm. a couple of weddings done a few performances years ago when I wasn't very good at all. I mean it, like, I'm still not great. 
but uh you know we play relatively easy stuff mm-hmm. and i kind of didn't mind getting up on the stage but it's which opportunities to look out for and how to best go about it mm, i've got absolutely. an opportunity i've got an opportunity to perform at a friend's wedding next week okay like, an op- like a short notice <laughs> <laughs> is what i was thinking and they've said you know get in touch with something you'd like to do Again, can't get much broader than that. It would just be me on my own, I guess, with an acoustic and not mm. a very good voice. You know, it's, uh, it's a bit difficult to know whether to just sort of sit back and chill out and enjoy the wedding. Do you know what? To stand up and do something. This is all part of the learning curve. People often think wrongly, I feel, that when they come for guitar lessons, they're going to be taught a few chords, taught a few tunes, taught a few scales, and that's it. That's where it ends. Yeah. But you would not believe that when you are a guitar teacher and you've been doing it as long as I have, you seem to go through every different phase from being a counsellor to some people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, being their outlet to some others. You know, just the opportunity for people to get out of the house and do something different. I had a guy in his, I guess he was in his sort of 50s. So that's me in 10 years' time. Goodness gracious. <laughs> He was in his in his 50s, and him and his wife used to come to quite a few of the gigs that I did. And at one of the gigs, she said to me, do you know what? The hour that John spends with you every week is his favourite hour. Which is a <laughs> Must really, be hard for her to say. It's but... <laughs> a very sweet and endearing thing to say. But I think what she was trying to say was like, that's his little release. That's his little, just going to get away from it all, going to go elsewhere, have a nice cup of tea, sit down, play guitar, talk guitars. I have another chap who who comes to me who actually came via our podcast, and he said to me last week, and this is Nigel, Nigel Cole. Hello, Nigel. 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 (laughs) He said to me, do you know what, I'm quite happy to pay you some cash to sit here and talk about guitars, because he said, when I talk to my my kids, my missus about it, they they all sort of, all of them kind of glaze over, and I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think there were two there were two things here which could be maybe helpful to our listeners if they want to take their abilities to the stage. Yeah. One is the practical side of things. So sometimes people don't know where to start. That's yeah. that's fairly true. There are several places to start. And it really depends on how outgoing that you are, you know, how organized you want to be and all those sort of things. Let me explain what I mean. One option, if you're quite an outgoing individual and you quite like meeting up with new people and you're quite good with people and you you, you quite enjoy that experience, have a look at the small lads. You know, if you're in England, you're going to look at Gumtree. I'm not sure if that's available in the rest of the world. or Any of the little Mm. small ads in papers, you know, under the music section, and just put guitarist wanted or, or somebody to jam within the search and have a look. Yeah. You know, when I was looking for work and I really wanted paid work in a band, I wanted a band to go, yeah, we've just had a guitarist up and leave. We're paying 250 quid a gig and we want you. Could I find that? Uh-uh. I think not. <laughs> Do you know what I could find? Loads of 40, 50, 60 year old blokes. I just want someone to jam with. So they didn't all sound like that, but yeah, they yeah. always have someone to jam with, someone to play music with. But but this is the thing. There's a lot of people who, who are outgoing enough to put these ads out there and want to meet people because they're struggling to meet yeah. people. So that's one way to kind of ease yourself in because obviously the next step to playing in your bedroom, the nicest possible way, is playing in someone else's bedroom. Yeah, 
yeah, you know, yeah, getting yeah. out there and meeting people. <laughs> so meeting other people, interacting with other musicians, sharing ideas, being nicely surprised, which you can be by someone who's not even anywhere near as good as you. Sometimes they'll play something and you think, cool, that's really good. Yeah. I wish I thought of that. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Put my nose out of joint. So that's one way is, is to get out like that. And it's quite an easy way. Obviously, the next step back from that really is if you have friends or family who play the guitar. Yeah. Now, I teach a lot of kids and almost without questionable doubt, every time the kids who have mum and dad who plays the guitar and uncle who plays the guitar, whatever it may be, every time they're the ones who play better. Yeah. Because they're around instruments all the time. They've got help all the time. It's something that crops up again on Musical You, again and again and again. Every Everybody that they seem to have on there, all their guest podcasters and mm-hmm. guest interviews, they always ask, oh, Chris Sutton, I think it is, that runs it, always asks, was your journey easy at the beginning? Mm-hmm. And every single one of them that he's had on, I think, out of about 20 people has said, no, it didn't come naturally to me at all. I tried doing this, didn't work, tried doing that, and then I found my feet and worked really hard. And I think every every musician who wants to get to a certain level needs to put in some time. Yeah. And that doesn't matter if you're entertaining your mates around the campfire with a few songs, you've still got to learn to change chord well. You know, probably wouldn't hurt you to learn to sing. Yeah, and then learn to sing and play at the same time is a new right. thing, isn't it? You so you've know. got a coordination exercise. You know, you might get bored of those six chords after a while. Yeah. There's always a capo, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so when it comes to taking it out of your confines of your own home, look for friends or family who play the guitar, who maybe you could jam with. Look at the small ads. Look for people who are looking for somebody just to jam with. On a low-key level. There's also another thing which I want to tie in with the other side of it that I wanted to talk about. And that was, as as humans, we have some funny misconceptions about things. If you think of all the things you you do on a daily basis, and unless you're involved with that particular industry... Yeah. or have been to any degree, or you've done a hell of a lot of reading, or watched the program, how it's made, <laughs> Yeah, you don't really understand how the inner workings of certain things work. And it's no different with the music industry. Now, when I say music industry, that covers everything, really, from the busker in the street to the multi-million selling artist. People sometimes have this thing, and this this is where you can hold yourself back. They have this idea that playing with other people in a band is for the musical elite. Yeah. How long will I have to learn the guitar before I can play in a band? That's one question I get asked. How good do I have to be before I play in a band? Yeah. It's a real common question. Look at Bez. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what you really play anything. Yeah. And he was still in the band. Still on the payroll. But yeah. what I'm trying to get across is, you know, you're... Very happy, well, man. Very happy. <laughs> we, have, we have a regular listener called Carlos, uh, who we've sort of been sort of helping out with a few tips and emails and things. And and he started going to open mic nights, hasn't he? And, yeah. And kind of peddling his 
musical wares that way. And one of the emails I had with him, I said to him, you know, people have it in their mind that playing in a band is for the musical elite. Even bands that are really, really good, like, you know, when Queen were going, for example, a humongously good band. I can't remember whether it was Roger Taylor, John Deacon, or Brian May, which, whoever said it, or my, I think it was Freddie Mercury, said Queen is more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Now, any good band usually should be that way. And it's sometimes the case when you get a super group, you're almost disappointed. You're expecting this amazing, amazing band. And it kind of feels like a letdown. You know, you've got these four or five amazing musicians. And it's just not always quite as good as I was expecting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, you can get other bands where you've got relatively unknown musicians and they just click with one another. It's like when I saw Guns N' Roses uh, mm-hmm. last year and they had Axl Rose's uh, guitarist, Richard someone, is it? Richard Fortas. Richard Fortas, yeah. They had him playing. So they had Slash playing and they had him playing. Man, they had both had great tone. They both yeah. had their lesbians dialed in wonderfully. But uh, in a way, from what I remember of the gig, to be honest, Richard Fortis probably played the stuff that made my jaw drop. He's a great player and he's deceptively good. Yeah. And his tone is really, really great. I mean, Slash suits the whole Guns N' Roses ethos. You know, his playing is sort of sloppy and slutty and yeah, yeah. dirty and grimy and don't the, get me wrong he was amazing but richard fortis awesome yeah <laughs> and it's this this is the thing it, it, it's about how people gel together and sometimes it's the smallest thing on a record that makes the biggest difference you know yeah. it's not always not always the big things so to overcome your own concerns over how good or not so good you think you are in terms of playing with band. Remember that you are part of a small cog in a big wheel. Yeah. Even if you're a really great player, you need to work with what other people are doing. Dial it back a bit and ensure that they understand what you're doing as well. Like, you know, I remember learning to play a few uh, Neil Young tracks, but like, Mm. you know, from YouTube. And maybe this fits in with what we, you're saying and what, what I'm thinking. And I learned it like with the drop C tuning and all this mm-hmm. kind of thing and then played it like this. However, then when I took it to the other guys I was playing with, he plays it and busks it. He's got a great voice, completely different key, completely different set of chords. And yeah. so, you know, what I'd learned was pointless. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, this this is the thing. You have to be on the same page. If you've got the kind of personality for it, one thing which can work really, really well, certainly if you got to the point where maybe you've got a few things under your belt, because I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, that you go and buy a guitar, learn to just about tune it up and just about hold an A chord together. Stick yourself go, on stage. Yeah. I mean, did you see that thing that um, <laughs> YouTube, YouTuber Stevie T, very oh, funny, yes, you put yeah. on there about is it Neil Jonas. Yeah, I think I where think so. he plays this most that. horrendous out of tune solo, and he says, "What on earth happened there?" It's like, did it was he in the like dressing room <laughs> playing this out of tune solo, and just went nailed? Where's the stage? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't sound like it. <laughs> yeah, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you have. So you, 
you need to kind of have certain things in place. But let me give you maybe two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Up until a few months ago, I was kind of helping to run a, a jam session every couple of weeks in a local pub near me. And we honestly had, at its best, some really, really great players there. Yeah, you did. I yeah, popped I mean, you popped along. You yeah. got up there, didn't you? Yeah, it was um, quite fun. Yeah. We had one guy who had an acoustic guitar that he put through the PA system, like electroacoustic, and he knew like a handful of chords. And what he would do is like every week or two, he'd go away and he'd like learn a song, like a basic three-chord song. And he'd be honest with us, you know, he'd like email the drummer beforehand and like, you know, will you help me through this tune? And then turn up with his guitar and we kind of nurse him through it. So he felt good about it. He yeah. had the chance to get up and play. We do our homework beforehand, which didn't take very long. Yeah. And learn the tune. Bit of planning. Was he singing, hmm. was he? Um, I think someone else sang it, but it was his opportunity just to get up and play, and he was willing to get up and play. Now, even if you're not that great, even if you only know a handful of chords, the experience of getting up and playing will be an unforgettable experience, hopefully for all the right reasons. Yeah. But it's it's the start, even at that most basic level, it's the start of making your transition out of the bedroom and onto that stage. Yeah. That's what it is. And we at the same time, at the end of the night, I would do a tune like Hotel California, and I'd do it with an amazing drummer called Leaf Armory. He's just yeah. fantastic. He's spot on, isn't he? He's incredible. If um, you're listening, Lee, enjoy downloading. Lee is a gig monster knocking out about 100 gigs a year I think last year he went to Canada doing some he's always out there playing Mm. sponsored by Sonar Drums he's an amazing player and also we had Andrew Lever who's from Crawley been lucky enough to see him when I went up there yeah amazing he's a phenomenal bass player so when all three of us got up there we just hey open season but you are talking about three professional musicians who, yeah. for the most part, do this for a living and all like the crazy stuff and like technique. doesn't mean that you have to be as proficient to go up on, a, on the stage at a jam session and make it work. You know, you can't compare yourself favourably if you've never got up on stage to somebody who's been gigging for 30 years or more. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not fair on yourself to do that. Yeah. At the end of the day, if I was really bad at playing guitar, you know, I've, all, I've got loads to learn, don't get me wrong, but if I was terribly bad at playing guitar, by now I'd have taken up knitting or something, or yeah. just gone, do you know what, I'm just going to be a dustman for a living. The I'm amount of time you put into <laughs> it, you know, yeah. You, you want you to know. be at a certain, a certain level, and when it's your profession, you know, if you employed a plumber, you wouldn't expect him to leave a massive mess behind and have water leaks everywhere and all the rest of it, would you? You'd no, expect him to no, do a no. professional job. When you're a professional musician, it's just the same. You use professional gear, you get a great tone, and you play as well as you can in every situation as best you can for that situation. Yeah. So don't be hard on yourself. While it's good to look at other musicians and famous musicians and your guitar heroes as the aspire. people you look to, yeah. to aspire to, yeah. Remember that everyone had to go through this to get somewhere. And even when you turn up to a jam session, you know, I 
I use the minimum amount of gear at a jam session. I'll turn up with an amp, a guitar lead, a cheap Mexico Telecaster. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to reel out the big guns for a jam night. So what would you rec- recommend me for the wedding? I mean, I've got my, ah, I've got my right, acoustics, my electroacoustics. Not the best voice in the world, but it's got better recently as I've been doing my ear training. Thank you, Musical You. What I would suggest, I actually, this again ties in with the open mic night thing. Some years back, I was teaching a guy called Roman Waters. And I wouldn't say he was amazingly proficient at guitar at the time. But he was really willing and he really wanted to do something with it. And we worked pretty tirelessly for quite a while to get his playing up to speed. And he wanted to get his playing out there. And I suggested, because he said, I've got a band and I'm writing my own songs. And I said, well, the perfect vehicle for that is like a jam night. Yeah. But my jam night. And I said, so why don't you prepare really well three songs, go into the studio, Hammer those songs for a couple of hours. Make them sound really good. Yeah. And then when you've done that, turn up to an open mic night. What you could even do is do a recce one week, speak to the organiser, and then arrange to go up next time. So your your space is kind of guaranteed. Yeah. Because sometimes you do get a lot of the same old people, same old faces, turning up, grabbing the limelight. So do a bit of a recce, do your homework. Rather than dump yourself in the deep end, I said, you know, spy out the land, prepare your songs, yeah, and then go and play them. And I said, like, here's the advantage. For one, you don't have to learn a massive set. Yeah. So you've got less to worry about, less to remember. So for the sake of like 20, 30 quid for a rehearsal room for the night, sorted. You can properly kind of prepare your band. You're not going into a situation where you're gigging for money because people expect a standard for money, yeah. and so they should. Yeah. Sometimes that standard exceeds what they pay frequently, and I've seen other bands <laughs> where it really doesn't. With your wedding gig, my advice would be say yes to it, Yeah. but be reasonable with yourself. So don't say yes to playing for two and a half hours. Say yes to, yeah, I'll get up and do a handful of songs. Make sure that everything is there that you need so you're not fighting with the audience and your your guitar. You know, Make sure there's going to be a PA system there. Yeah. Make sure you're going to have a mic on a stand there. Make sure your guitar is going to be able to be plugged into the PA or mic'd up or whatever. Yeah. So there's nothing that throws a musician more they're turning up and they're ill prepared and the situation is just not going to work yeah and then you either let the guy down or or you get a very uncomfortable kind of performance yeah okay so i would suggest like if you're comfortable delivering five songs four songs three songs whatever it may be Mm. say yeah i'd be happy to do a 15 minute slot or i'd happily do a half an hour slot do what you're comfortable with yeah, you're better off doing three songs and doing them really well and leaving the audience going, yeah, I, I really want more of that, and leaving you thinking, yeah, that was banging, rather than going up and doing 15 songs and go, oh, 10 out of those were just absolutely atrocious. Yeah, absolutely. There's quite a lot I can play to a relatively good standard because Clara gets a performance most nights, my daughter. Well, so, there you, you know, go. 
I mean that that would be kind of my you know my my advice. If I couldn't possibly do it, then I never say no to a gig, and I said yes to some unusual things. Yeah, and generally speaking, it's worked out. I mean, a couple of months ago, as you know, I said yes to a, a frontman gig, being the frontman of drummer Lee oh, yeah, Farmery's yeah. band, because he said you could play guitar, and I thought, you know what, I've got enough to think about with the vocals. I'm just going to sing. And we yeah. got through it, and it was all right, and it was actually really good fun. But you've got to work up to a position where you can throw yourself at things. Yeah. And also think about what your what are your strengths? You know, what are you good at? Yeah, I was thinking for this one, probably would be also, you know, what songs is everyone going to want to hear, you know, that kind of thing. So it's trying to work that out. One reason why it's such a good idea at an open Michael Jam night to go along beforehand, or to at least, if you can, because a lot of these things get sent out via Facebook, email the organiser, yeah. message the organiser, is because you don't know always what you're going to face when you arrive. Yeah. So, you know, there you are in your bedroom, noodling along to comfortably numb, with this massive, anthemic, atmospheric, keyboards everywhere, and you turn up and they go, we've got a Fender Champ with some reverb. <laughs> Did you bring an overdrive pedal? <laughs> and then you go, um, oh, uh, um, this isn't turning out how I um, thought it was going to. Yes. Yeah. Goodbye, Ambience. It's been nice knowing you. Yeah. So, you know, you can end up in a situation with a jam night if you're not, if you're not aware of what's on, on tap and available of, you know, being completely inappropriate in your choice of music. Generally, I would go in with something that works kind of stripped to the bone. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You You know, know, free-falling Tom Petty or something like that. Yeah. Even then you want two guitars, really, to fill it out and to... You kind of do, but I mean... frequencies, but, you know... You can get away with with that sort of thing without too many problems. Because, you know, like, one one of the other things that you hear an awful lot from pupils, especially when they've been tab bunnies, sitting in their bedroom reading tab and doing not a lot else. And they go, I've got this tab and it doesn't sound anything like the record. Yeah. Well, in the record, there's 20 <laughs> people playing, you know. Well, yeah, you know, the, the, the guitar was overdubbed four times in the studio. You've <laughs> you forgotten to put the delay on. And, recorded uh, <laughs> on a good day with the wind in the right direction. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, that's a good plan. You've got to be realistic. And sometimes it's worth kind of knowing your enemy a little bit, in a way. Yeah. So when we did the open mic nights, we kept it quite simple. Because, you know, you don't have always the space to bring sort of pedal boards loaded with the best stuff on and all the setup time. And you've got lots of people trampling the stage. So keeping the stage as clear and simple as possible is actually quite an advantageous thing on an open mic night. Yeah. And then you get somebody who doesn't know how your amp works and they end up getting all kinds of weird sounds and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So a heavy metal solo through your loudest, cleanest, brightest setting. <laughs> Tons of reverb. I was thinking of taking just my like like you say, skinned right down to the bone. I'll take an acoustic, semi acoustic, plug it into the PA. If they've got a condenser mic, when I get there, even better, because it'll sound better. Mm-hmm. But if I just plug it in through the Piazzo's pickups, that'll be fine. And just playing, boshing out a few numbers and singing. But I was, you know, I've got my Gibson J45, which is a bit of a 
bit of a beast. A classic. Bit a bit lovely. Do I take that all the way to Cornwall with me or do I just take the other one that I don't mind about so much? I'll probably take the good one if I'm playing. Take the Gibson. I think with all of these things, there's two things at play. One is yourself, what you allow yourself to do, how you feel about answering an ad, maybe where there's a bunch of people that you've never met before, in the hope that maybe you can jam with these people. Yeah. To be honest with you, I've never done that. I've been to auditions at studios and things, but a lot of the people I ended up working with either came through bands, yeah. answered the odd ad, but as I say, they were proper auditions. Or alternatively, you go to a jam night and you'd find people. Like I found the amazing Andy Lever on bass. Yeah, that's and, and Lee, and they just, yeah. you know, you, you sit there and you think, you are two world-class players. How lucky am I to be sharing a stage with you because you really are great players. Yeah. yeah absolutely outstanding. I'm sure they feel the same. <laughs> I hope so. Pretty good when you show up to an open mic night and there's you three on stage. And you haven't paid anything. You know, it's ridiculous, to be honest. But there you go. Well, it's all good fun, it's isn't all good it? fun, you yeah. know. But I think it's that thing about how comfortable you feel. But what you must remember is that when it comes to getting out there into the wide world and taking your music out and putting it out there, your confidence will grow. But you yeah. remember that you have control. So probably the feeling of like, when you know how to play, you know what you're doing, I would turn up to an open mic night going, right, I've got my iPad with the words on. Yeah. That's... Know what I'm doing and play these songs millions of times. If it goes wrong, doesn't matter. I can catch myself. I can redeem myself. I can make sure that the show goes on without people probably even realising I've cocked it up. And I can go and I can give a performance. It will be kind of fun. Yeah. You've got the other flip side of the coin where somebody's probably sitting in their bedroom thinking, I said I'd go to the open mic night. I said I'd do it. Or am I going to go there and everyone's going to be better than me? Am I, am I going to stand at the back and everyone else is going to get up before me and they're all better than me and I feel really, really intimidated and I just don't have confidence in me. I don't have confidence in my own playing. And This is where a yeah. little bit of preparation goes a long way this is where perspective as well isn't it really it is perspective it's hard hard to gauge perspective sometimes you know you because when you're sort of overwhelmed by it all yeah. you know it can be a bit uh, yeah you know, i've played with a lot of very very good guitar players yeah and sometimes it's just i don't know you kind of you want to get on with them, you want to give of your best, and you're not embarrassed by what you have to offer. But at the same time, if you've never played with them before, you don't know what you're letting yourself in for. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go in with both guns blazing, and you just kind of uh, annihilate the guy. Oh, yeah. The gunslinger approach. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or do you go in a bit meh? You know, it can be intimidating even playing with other people, even when you're a seasoned player. Yeah. You know, that nothing beats, in a way, playing with people that you know. Nothing beats playing with people you don't know so well for sharpening your skills. Yeah. And nothing beats playing with people you know for sheer comfort. Yeah. It's like I, when I play with Full House, I back off and play rhythm and listen to Alex's solos and stuff. I think, yeah, that's pretty cool. 
I know what's coming, but it still sounds cool every time. Yeah. And we play very differently, and it's very comfortable. And although we play very differently, we gel very well. Yeah. We have, you know, similar kind of tastings, sort of sounds and things, but we we just kind of rock along nicely. It's, you know, it's it's like a marriage of guitars. Yeah, no. But, <laughs> but to get to that stage, you need to get out there. You need to play in front of other people. In an ideal world, you would find people to jam with, you'd form a band, you'd gradually get better, you'd go to an open mic night, you'd rehearse every week, kind of for fun, but at the same time getting better and better and adding to your, your skill set and repertoire yeah. and eventually get to the point that you're happy enough to gig with. Because if you're in a band with people who are at the same level as you, you can grow together. Yeah. You yeah, know, and yeah. I think that's always the fear of musicians trying to get out of their comfort zone is they don't know how good other people are. They can sit and watch YouTube and watch all these people shredding and then go and watch a blues band and be intimidated. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they're actually up there. They're live. They're doing it for real. You know, they haven't had 79 takes. Yeah. They're there. It's, you know, and it's that actual sort of thing about getting up and doing it in front of people and, and it's a one-shot deal. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be doing a performance of uh, Living on a Prayer as well by Bon Jovi for the uh, Leavers Assembly, some of the staff. On acoustic or the real thing? The real thing. Got quite a good singer, actually, in one of the maths teachers. He's struggling with the high, so he was talking about taking it down either a semitone or a tone. But Davo on keyboards. <laughs> it's really high. Yes, yeah. It's e in E and then it, it transposes up to G. Yes, exactly. The only we used to play that in the band, and the only way we down could make two, it work, yes, tone. we actually did it in the real key. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now the main vocals were fine, but what we used to do is when we got to the chorus, because Alex seemed to have this never-ending range at the time. He seems to have maybe, yeah, maybe he's lost some of his real, real top end, but he used to really be able to sort of get up there. He used to sing the main line when we got to the chorus. I was singing the verses and the bridge and everything. He would sing the main line in the chorus, and I would go under him by a fifth, and then meet and then meet oh, nice. in unison an octave down. Nice. Yeah, that would take a bit of work <laughs> for a for a, what, what is essentially a bit of a jokey thing, I suppose. But I think it would be good. Yeah, it'll be yeah. It's it's pretty damn high. I mean, taking it taking it down to D will help. Yeah, 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 yeah. It will help. But as you go further away from the song, the less and less it sounds like the song as well. This I is think, also so. this is also true. I mean, we yeah. we did it in the real key, and we managed to get away with it because of the way we arranged the vocals. Because there's no way, you know, I've got a reasonably decent range. There's no way I was going to get up there. So the potential for leaving the key change out, actually. That's what I've suggested. Yep, that is a that is a possibility. Sort of different tune, though, again, but never mind. Well, thanks very much for all that, Dan. Hope we'll be putting this out soon to coincide with that blog that we're writing. You'll be able to find the article over on Musical U's website, and we'll feature links to this in our show notes. As always, we encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And stay in touch with us through our Facebook page, Tune In, Tone Up, Free Guitar Lessons. It's 
Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.